Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 47 of the R Weekly Highlights podcast. My name is Eric, and today we are covering the issue highlights for week 27, released on July 5th, 2021. Now, I'm currently in the midst of a week-long holiday and was away from the computer for a few days, hence I'm slightly delayed for this release. But I will say, it's always important to take care of yourself, so I hope all of you are listening are able to get a little relaxation down the line this year. This week's issue is curated by John Calder, with help from the R Weekly team members and contributors. And our first highlight for today, this is a great example of setting yourself up for success with your analyses in R. In preparation for our upcoming keynote talk at the French R Conference next week on setting up an R project for data analysis, Mael Salman, research software engineer at R OpenSci and a former R Weekly curator, has written an accompanying blog post to her upcoming keynote in English, which of course is a huge help for those who aren't exactly experts in French. This post is chock full of great advice, and throughout I'm going to piggyback off of Mael's great analogy in how an R project could be similarly thought of as a self-contained garden. So join me on this journey as we walk through the different steps. First, we have to have a good foundation in place. And that means ensuring that the project that you construct can easily be moved around without depending on being in a certain location. Now, what does this mean in the context of an R project? Well, if your project involves loading any data files that are stored externally, such as maybe a CSV or other connections, it can be tempting to simply put in what may be called the absolute path to those locations. Well, that can be a very big hindrance to reproducibility, and especially if you need to collaborate on these projects with other contributors. In fact, Mael references Jenny Brine's very candid uh, observations on this topic and her, um, her advice on using packages like here to make sure that your project is using a more self-contained or relative path structure. And in fact, this analogy about having your own garden for an R project comes in play here because Mael shares a great interesting picture of what apparently are portable gardens that are stored in these backs of trucks where you just have to take them from one place to another and then when you put them down, everything works the same. Now this can take some getting used to if you've been used in that comfort zone of having more absolute paths defined in your projects, but using IDEs like RStudio and this particular the project feature will make sure that everything set up is in that project directory. Now, how can you keep unwanted elements away? You might think of this as putting a nice fence around your garden to guard against what would be predators or other disasters happening. Now, in the R world, that could be changes to the environment that R is being executed on, especially when it comes to the packages. And that's where taking some time and setting up your project with package management using packages like RNV by Kevin Ushe at RStudio or the capsule package 
which is a different take on what RMV is doing by fellow R Weekly curator Miles McBain. That can set you up for great success as well. In that way, no matter what happens to your R installation on your system, you can be assured that the packages you are using have been properly tracked and that when you hand off this project to another colleague for collaboration, they will be able to install the exact same versions of packages and not have any problems with mismatches. So RM can be used both at the very beginning of an R project or even if you forgot to set it up, it is smart enough to detect the packages that you are using in your analysis and will create that package manifest for you. In fact, now at my day job, I use RM for practically every project, even if the future collaborator is in essence future me. You can never be too careful of these things, and I've learned that from personal experience. And speaking of working in a team environment, once you've got kind of this foundation in place and you've got kind of the guardrails around it, now comes actually structuring your project. Now there may be cases where you have a certain folder structure inside this umbrella of a project, so to speak, and you'd like to use that from one analysis to another. And that's where being able to align on a structure that works best for you and your team is quite important. And then to be able to take advantage of automation when possible. Now, some in the community think an analysis can be best thought of as a special example of an R package, and that might work very well for you. I know personally, when I create new shiny projects, I have now used a golem package, which kind of does the best of both worlds as creating my project as a package, but with an opinionated set of helpers along the way to make my development life easier. But that's not a one size fits all. In fact, Miles McBain has his own feedback on the possible friction that can occur when you try to turn your analysis into a package. In any case, once you find a, pro a project structure that works for you, definitely take advantage of features such as in our studio, the idea of project templates, where you could have everything set up for you whenever you create a new project and minimize the manual time, bootstrapping that same kind of structure every single time. And then we get to the real nitty gritty of actually executing your analyses. Now, certainly a lot of people, myself included, have grown up in R, so to speak, of just taking your scripts, running them one bit at a time, and then saving output, and then repeating. Well, if you're in a data analysis and you're doing these analyses where there could be changes in, say, the data you're importing, but yet the, the techniques for analysis remain the same, well, this is a great time to invest in the targets package. You may have heard targets mentioned in these highlights before, but it is authored by my actual teammate at the day job, Will Landau, and it is one of the best examples of creating an optimal workflow entirely in R to be able to execute analyses without having to rerun things that don't need to be re-executed. Now, Will has done probably one of the best jobs of documenting the package I have ever seen. There is the comprehensive manual, all available for free online, as well as examples for you to choose from to get your target's experience going. And then also a new find that Mal mentions in her post 
is using the older orderly package by Rich Fitzjohn to be able to track versions of your analyses. That could be quite handy if for whatever reason you need to go back to what you did previously and using Git is not quite enough to tell that story. Which does remind me back in the foundations, investing in version control can be daunting at first, but that can save you a lot of possible future headaches if you invest in Git along the way. In the end, setting up an R project can be a quite individual thing, so to speak. But I think Ma'el's advice here in this blog post is a great way for you to think about the different bits that go into these projects and be able to use these findings, these learnings that people like Ma'el and I have learned probably the hard way quite a bit to give yourself a best launching point for setting up your future analysis projects. And in our last highlight today, we often see visualizations everywhere online. In fact, there is a great subreddit on the popular Reddit platform called Data is Beautiful, which has its share of neat insights conveyed through the visualizations. Well, fellow curator of our weekly, Jonathan Carroll, spotted a bar chart of the market shares in 2020 and 2021 among the major streaming content providers such as Hulu, Netflix, and the like that are serving content in the United States. While it's not a poor visualization by any means, there is always room for improvement. And so Jonathan has been working on this kind of exercise for quite a while, and his latest blog post shares his journey to take this plot to another level. After setting up the data manually and shaping it to the format that is most compatible with ggplot2, Jonathan starts by using a clever trick to get replicate the legend where it had circles for the different years with, a, uh, with different colors, and he simply plotted a simple set of points away from the default axis view to get that nice legend. And then Jonathan, who has experimented with using images as axis tick labels before, he put those learnings to good use here after grabbing some icons from Wikipedia to replicate the x-axis setup. In fact, with a few other bits in place, he was able to successfully replicate the plot that he saw from the subreddit. But now comes the polishing. The first step was to take advantage of the plot title to add to serve as a pseudo-legend by simply coloring the font for the years in different colors. And then, to set up better for visualizing the change between the years 2020 and 2021, Jonathan switched the orientation to a horizontal bar chart. But then even with that in place, there's just another opportunity to try a slightly different visualization type that would keep the original scale of the market share percentage, but then most easily show the delta or the change between the years, and that's where a dumbbell plot comes to play. And then the icing on top comes with making an animated version of the plot with the amazing GG Animate package to give a little flair to the market share changes. This is an excellent journey on just how a little bit of simple ggplot2 code can go a long way to making an effective visualization. And those are your R Weekly highlights for today. 
we have a bunch of excellent resources available in this issue such as using spatially weighted or computing spatially weighted averages in R with the SF package, how to create a custom metric with tidy models, a new approach to dimension reduction with UMAP and GMM, and much more. As I'm recording this, the USAR 2021 conference is underway online, and we are bound to see some excellent resources shared by the brilliant community throughout the conference, and your friends here at Arweeku will be ready to assemble all the great resources in future issues. Well, I hope you have a fantastic week, and I, and I will be back with another batch of our weekly highlights next week.